Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Noam Chomsky, who is Noam Chomsky. You know who Noam Chomsky is, don't you? Right, well, I spoke to him. In this part of the conversation, we spoke about decentralization and anarchism. And interestingly, Noam Chomsky said that today's American totalitarianism is worse than Stalinist Russia. Have a listen to this for yourself and tell me if you agree. Is that what he actually said? Because that seems like an unbelievable thing. Well, here he is. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. Do you still feel that decentralization and anarchism are important subjects to be explored within this arena that you say that we are currently lacking? And do you feel that there is a future in some of these ideas that sometimes feel like they belong to a previous century, specifically anarchism? I think they belong to a future century. These are long-term goals that should guide us in what we do every day, but are, can only be approximately realized. And it, we can make advances towards them, but take uh, without freedom of speech, we have no hope of dealing with any of the problems that concern us. Uh, we can see this very clearly today, very dramatically. So take the United States today. It is living under a kind of totalitarian culture, which has never existed in my lifetime and is much worse in many ways than the Soviet Union before Gorbachev. Go back to the 1970s, uh, people in Soviet Russia could access BBC, Voice of America, uh, German television, if they wanted to find out the news. If today in the United States, you want to find out what Prime Minister Lavrov of Russia is saying, can't do it. It's barred. Americans are not permitted to hear what Russians are saying. Can't get Russian television, can't access Russian sources. That means also that fine American journalists like Chris Hedges, one of the best, is cut out, barred from Americans because he happens to have a program running on RT, Russian television. You want to find out what the adversary is saying, which is of utmost importance. You can maybe tune into Indian state television and find it out, or you can read it on Al Jazeera. But uh, the United States has imposed constraints on freedom of access to information, which are astonishing, and which in fact go beyond what was the case in post-Stalin Soviet Russia. That's a remarkable fact. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it goes well beyond uh, anyone who dares to break the party line on the dominant issue of today, Ukraine. 
is simply demonized, vilified, can't be sent to the gulag, free country still, but you can barely talk. And that has very dangerous implications for the current situation and beyond. Uh, all of this is very serious. As far as anarchism is concerned, that should be a guiding principle. We should constantly be searching for illegitimate authority, challenging its illegitimacy, trying to overcome it. It's basically the core principle of traditional living anarchism. So that should be a guideline in anything we do. However, we should recognize that to deal with the current existential problems like climate destruction and nuclear war, we are going to have to work within the framework of existing institutions. That's obvious just from consideration of timescales. We can modify them, we can try to improve them, but they cannot be overthrown in any reasonable time scale. That's true, even though we must recognize that unconstrained cap free market capitalism is a recipe for suicide. Actually, business has understood this for hundreds of years. That's why they never permit the business world, which is overwhelmingly powerful, never permits capitalism. Uh, the talk about free market capitalism is propaganda. We will take what the last 40 years, which according to rhetoric, are the triumph of free market capitalism, Thatcher, Reagan. In fact, it's what economists have called a bailout economy. Uh, resort to market forces has led to catastrophe after catastrophe. The state has to step in to rescue the perpetrators. Uh, I can go through the details, but it's overwhelming. When economics becomes the de facto epicenter of our ideologies, do you see that as somehow co-committant to our separation from the ecological disaster that you're describing? When, you, when our ideologies, when our cultures, when our society is built around ecology, is built, excuse me, around economics, do you see that as being part of the problem that has disconnected us from nature? How, how do you suppose that people have become so disconnected from nature, both inner and outer? And, and, and also, Professor, when you describe um, censorship to the degree that you just have, that you're saying we're living within a kind of uh, almost unprecedented level of tyranny, uh, certainly within the post-industrial age, how, when you have centralised power uh, to the degree that you do, when you have censorship to the degree that you do, when you have anti-protest laws being continually introduced and you have this 700-second ticking clock... How can we possibly intervene? Um, and also, might I ask, when censorship is as extreme as you are describing, when the dissenting voices appear to be coming from the right, when Donald Trump is the only person advocating for de-escalation in the Ukraine-Russia conflict, where do young people, or just people broadly, 
start to direct their optimism around which principles do we start to organize particularly when even um, even when you uh, a revered thinker and philosopher and uh, icon such as yourself say that we should restrict ourselves to reform where do where does the spirit come from because sometimes the fear somehow isn't enough because the the fear somehow leads to a kind of despair and a kind of nihilism and from somewhere i feel that we have to engage something that has it seems to me has long been lost certainly since the 60s particularly since the 80s from where are we to find this kind of libido this kind of love this kind of new eros for our planet and each other in this technocratic wasteland where professor where where i'm imagining all of this being written down in the corner of your screen i see plenty of it i mean i was very active in the 60s in the aftermath fact of the matter is there's more young people engaged in serious political activism today than there were in the 60s there was a small period the late 60s 68 71 short period in which there was plenty of activism there wasn't much before it settled down afterwards uh, but uh, moved in different directions instead of woodstock uh, what you had is deep uh, extensive uh, engagement in problems of the day take the feminist movement mostly developed in the 70s not in the 60s there were seeds set in the 60s but then the actual developments went on environmental movement barely existed in the 60s earth day was a breakthrough then it took off with direct activism uh, opposition to aggression grew extensively in the 70s in the 80s in fact our doctrinal system of course suppresses activist achievements doesn't want people to know about them but the 1980s were an extreme breakthrough in history in any uh, in opposition to aggression the us was fighting reagan was fighting brutal terrorist wars in central america for the first time in history people in the aggressor society us went to live with the victims didn't just protest thousands of people from all over all sectors young people evangelical churches all sorts went to live with the victims to try to help them to protect them even to offer whatever protection a white face gave that never happened in history uh, during the algerian war people in france didn't go to live with uh, algerian villagers in the vietnam war nobody thought of going to live in a vietnamese village uh, throughout history that never happened that was an extraordinary breakthrough it's not discussed because it's not the thing that elites want people to understand you're not supposed to be able to understand that you can be so dedicated in your opposition to your own country's violence that you go to live with the victims to help them but if you think about it it was an enormous breakthrough that was the 80s the 80s also saw 
the biggest demonstrations in history in opposition to nuclear war, early 80s, huge demonstrations of protest against building up the significant threat of nuclear war had a big effect. That's what led Reagan to accept Gorbachev's offer to establish the INF Treaty, 1987 Treaty, which banned short-range missiles in Germany and Europe. Tremendous contribution to world peace. It lasted until 2018 when Trump dismantled it, part of his program of dismantling the entire arms control regime and accelerating the race to destruction, as he was also doing with climate. He's a monstrous character. Uh, it was just barely aborted in time. But that was a tremendous achievement. That was the 1980s. Goes on in later years, uh, up till today. Uh, the hope, the place to look for, for inspiration, is not old folks like me who write articles. It's young people who love the Sunrise Movement who sit in, in Nancy Pelosi's office and demand that Congress do something to uh, uh, stop the race to destruction through climate. Well, what happened? Ordinarily, they would have just been thrown out by Capitol Police. But that didn't happen this time because they were joined by a young representative, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who swept the king in on the Sanders wave, stayed with them. They had an impact that led to a pretty serious, not enough, but a moderately serious climate program in the Biden administration, which was killed by 100%. Republican opposition and a couple of far-right Democrats like Joe Manchin. But the program was a good one. And it's led actually to a resolution in Congress, strong resolution, which outlines means to deal with, uh, seriously deal with the climate catastrophe. Well, that's progress. Of course, it's just a resolution given 100% Republican opposition to anything that might help the country, and Manchin and a system, a couple of others can't get through. But that's where to look for inspiration, the activities that have made all these things happen. They've taken place. There's a lot going on. Doesn't get highlighted in headlines, just as the incredible achievement of the 1980s has been basically wiped out of history. Unless you participated in it, you don't even know about it. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin.